Hey everybody, this is Father John Ricardo with Acts 29, and in the middle of all the craziness and the uncertainty that's going on right now, it seems from our perspective as a team that it's worth using these days to reflect in a more deliberate way on the scriptures every day, which for many of us now is the only spiritual food that we're receiving. And so we're going to do a special podcast series simply entitled, Be Not Afraid, God's Word in Uncertain Times. And we'll try to post something every day, usually reflecting on the scriptures so that we can listen in on what God is trying to say to us in these days. I got a phone call the other day from a priest friend of mine who was unusually giddy, all excited telling me that he had finally read an essay by C.S. Lewis entitled The Weight of Glory. And he came to the conclusion that I had myself probably 25 or 30 years ago now, that this is probably the greatest thing I've ever read and that he's ever read. That article, or that essay, The Weight of Glory, W-E-I-G-H-T, which is easily found online, came to mind again this morning as I was praying with the gospel. Jesus is talking to the apostles on the night of the Last Supper about joy. And I don't think anybody's written about joy in as profound and powerful a way as C.S. Lewis, and probably in no place does he do it like he does in that essay, The Weight of Glory. So Jesus says in the gospel, to men that he knows are going to be martyred, that is to say, who are going to die painful deaths, that they are going to see him again, he's alluding to his resurrection, and that when they see him again, their hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy away from you. I'm thinking of a friend of mine who came down from uh, sleeping one night and joined us at breakfast in a house that I was living and told us that his father had just passed away in the evening. He was on his way to go uh, back to the home state where his dad had died and be with the family and go through all that we go through with grief. And as he told us this and asked for prayers, he just looked at us and he said, Men, don't ever let anything steal your joy. What a thing to say to somebody. That's in essence what Jesus is saying. Clearly then, joy isn't dependent upon the fleeting circumstances of life. And it can't really have much to do with feelings. It can't simply be pleasure. Because St. Peter as he's getting crucified upside down in Nero's circus, couldn't have been feeling an awful lot of pleasure. So what is this joy that Jesus says is going to be ours as his disciples and that nothing can take from us? Well, it's rooted in the simple fact that God has acted in him, in the person of Jesus, and that he's forever undone the power of death and that there's a promise that everything is going to be made right one day. And that the experience that we have in this life of intense longing is one day going to be fulfilled beyond anything we can imagine here. Here's how Lewis writes about it in The Weight of Glory. He says, in speaking of this desire for our own far-off country which we find in ourselves even now, I feel a certain shyness. I'm almost committing an indecency. 
I'm trying to rip open the inconsolable secret in each one of you, the secret which hurts so much that you take your revenge on it by calling it names like nostalgia and romanticism and adolescence. The secret also which pierces with such sweetness that when, in very intimate conversation, the mention of it becomes imminent, we grow awkward and affect to laugh at ourselves. The secret we cannot hide and cannot tell, though we desire to do both. We cannot tell it because it is, is a, it is a desire for something that has never actually appeared in our experience. We cannot hide it because our experience is constantly suggesting it. And we betray ourselves like lovers at the mention of a name. Our commonest expedient is to call it beauty and behave as if that settled the matter. Wordsworth's expedient was to identify it with certain moments in his own past, but all this is a cheat. If Wordsworth had gone back to those moments in the past, he would not have found the thing itself, but only the reminder of it. What he remembered would turn out to be itself a remembering. The books or the music in which we thought the beauty was located will betray us if we trust to them. It was not in them. It only came through them. And what came through them was longing. These things, the beauty, the memory of our own past, are good images of what we really desire. But if they are mistaken for the thing itself, they turn into dumb idols, breaking the hearts of their worshipers. For they are not the thing itself. They are only the scent of a flower we have not found, the echo of a tune we have not heard, news from a country we have never yet visited. Do you think I am trying to weave a spell? Uh, perhaps I am. But remember your fairy tales. Spells are used for breaking enchantments as well as for inducing them. And you and I have need of the strongest spell that can be found to wake us from the evil enchantment of worldliness which has been laid upon us. Joy, the fulfillment of all of our desires, this is what God promises to those who are his disciples. Let's continue to pray for one another in these days as we slowly open up our country and our economy and our churches Let's pray that as we re-emerge into the world, that we will be witnesses of the joy that comes from knowing that God has acted in the person of Jesus, that we have a true homeland, that he is the rightful king, not just of heaven, but of earth, and that he will make all things well one day. Do not be afraid. God is with you. You were born for this. Mm-hmm.